kia haere, waimari e ana ki runga i te whai, whai a papatuanuku. To empower people to significantly improve their well-being, to walk in a balance of Mother Earth through exercising choice and health care. E mihi mahana tēnei ki a koutou nga kai whakarongo i huri mai ki te hōtaka nei a te ahikā. Ko Maraia Raku Aku ahau. Ko Justin Murray ahau. This is Te Ahikā on Radio New Zealand National. Coming up. The museums of my childhood were pretty state affairs. Exhibits behind sheets of glass. Taxidermy everywhere. And while it was very much a look, don't touch experience, over the years, that's changed. As you found out, Aim and I, when Afinatumi of Whanganui Regional Museum gave you a tour. Do you find that schools are respectful of Tikana Māori? I think that there are some schools that do not know what Tikana Māori is. But I do think that there's some common sense amongst teachers and they're respectful of things in general within the museum. So if they... There are a lot of children who do not know what tikanga Māori is. There are a lot of teachers who do not know what tikanga Māori is. That and much more is coming up in this edition of Te Ahikā, as well as Waiata from Shefu and Apahat Posse. <laughs> Te Ahikā Radio New Zealand National When you go to a marae, it's about manaakitanga, and a significant part of that is kai. That's its abundance and quality. And it's no secret, Māori are pretty mean caterers. The premises of Whakapai Hauora Charitable Trust in Palmerston North houses a number of Māori services. Kia ora FM, the iwi radio station, Te Hotu Manawa o Rangitane o Manawatu Marae and a very active lot of Komatua. Add to that a cafe, spelt with a K, Komafia Cafe, which is a play on the word Komatua. Justine dropped in one morning. Uh, can we talk about you, where you grew up and spent your childhood? Oh, well, actually, I hail from the far north, but I was only there for five years of my life, so I left and went down to the middle north into a little metropolis of Mangakino. And did all my second, my, my primary and secondary schooling there, from there through to Taupo uh, College. Uh, thereafter, um, and so I lived really in the middle to lower North Island. So the Bay of Plenty? My, or... uh, no, around, all around the Ministry of Works, the hydros, you know, that's where oh, my father worked. So yeah. I kind of followed the hydro schemes as a young girl. Because my dad worked in um, Arapuni. Putaruru area, which oh, I think truly. was hydro yeah. back in the days, yeah. 1960s, maybe yeah. 70s. Yeah. My dad was around Atiamuri, oh, yes. Mangakino, around yep. there, Turangi, yep. and then down into the South Island. Oh, yeah, okay. kind of. And then from, from that time, in my schooling years, I went straight into the armed services, so I was in there. Armed um, services? The armed services. I was in the Air Force for three or four years in the air, as a medic. We trialled the menu for about, well, supposed to be a month, but it went on for 12 weeks. What we looked for uh, is the stability in the, in the actual menu and the, the nature of what we've got up there. So it had to be more innovative. I can see that there's steak and mushroom. Yep, steak I just and mushroom. said them a little bit more creative than that because not everyone likes mushroom. Okay. It's yeah. not a standard popular choice of a pie. You know, steak maybe, but with the mushroom in it, I don't know, not everyone likes mushroom. Um, cheese maybe, steak and cheese. People like cheese or steak. You know, kind of keep it around that area. 
So that's a new line back for us, along with their uh, mince and cheese and their steak and cheese and oh no, mince and cheese. And these are all homemade. Mm, four made here in the morning. Oh my gosh. Nothing's for them. All um, sandwiches, filled rolls, yeah. uh, ham or chicken? Pies. Yeah. Ham or chicken, filled rolls? Yeah, made here in the morning, yeah. And then you've got um, hot meals, you've got um, pasta, stir fry, boil up. Mm -hmm. um, this is Wednesdays only. Mm -hmm. And they'll only have one of those meals that'll be up there. Yep. This month, we're, um, tomorrow, or this week, they've got chicken stir-fry. And we all let them know, the staff know, that when we come to Wednesday, that that's what's going to be coming out on our menu on the Wednesday. There, is, there are quite a few people that work on site. Yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah there is. Uh, cold meals as well, and, Thursdays and we only. Salads, yeah, salads. So we're gonna, that will probably become a regular thing. They can come in here and have a salad uh, dinner as you try that four men's... Um, this is outside. She's a, this is our another health fanatic here. This is our Eileen. <laughs> <Kia ora. laughs> she, she's all the way from. Come on. Oh, hey. nice. You? Yeah, she comes all the way from Ortaki. She's our um, smoking cessation. Oh, she, nice. Um, yeah. Nice. Worker. Yeah, I'm just saying, this is our nanny. This one's come all the way from Hamilton. Uh, Wellington. Wellington. Oh, yeah, it's different. Oh. Different. Kia ora. Oh, Our sandwiches are all made on request now. Rather than have them sitting... Fair enough. Yeah, we do everything on request, and yeah. they can have a nice fresh sandwich, you know, with the ham, the cheese. So cute, eh? It's like, you know, just seeing the, 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 the queer behind there and working in a business and... Now we've got them, they're rostered on, they're the first two up, you know, because the main, um, the head honcho, the leader, she's doing first aid today, she has to do them, and um, so we're getting Komato to do their first aid, if they're in a lead role somewhere, they have to have their first aid, like our driver for instance, I have to tell you about the driver, he just learnt that when you go around, and they Komato are taking their, their water tablets, to encourage them not to take the water tablets, especially if you're coming on my van. <laughs> Can you do that when you get to the venue? <laughs> <laughs> Did you love it? Just in case you need to go whare paku and you don't have to stop. <laughs> Kapai. No, it's just um, it's just really lovely to see a couple of um, queer working. At the moment, they're doing uh, toasted sandwiches for a customer. It's really lovely. So when the cafe opened, was it busy? Well, it hadn't been when, when we get crack and start moving after getting coming into our new kitchen. It will be. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. And so what, what are you doing? Oh, I'm putting down the prices and all that for when people come and buy. Yep. Oh, you, yeah. So you write it down in your little book? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, yeah. there's no till, actually, yeah. Uh -huh. We have got one. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Yeah. Kia ora. Going to have some training sessions, yes. Training sessions on the, on the, on the till. <laughs> they want to use the till. You have to use the till, auntie. All of you have to lose it, but we'll have a till training day, you know. Nice. So they all know to push the right button. Yes. Because we are good at pushing lots of buttons. <laughs> <laughs> 
As you can see, um, our gracious, our gracious uh, CEO, she's upgraded the whole kitchen with our input, and even to our fussy, come with me, follow me. I ask for everything to be hygienic for our co-martyr and for our staff, you know, so we're going through undertaking the training for that. So we started off with a new stove, and basically what you see is what we now have for our co-marts to run that cafe. So this is a, a business arm to our organisation for our service. So it's an operation cafe. Yes, yeah, so it's an operation cafe thing, and this is to service our staff. And there's about 50 staff on site. So they're big... Um, tino hihi ratau, um, he kai mote ora, you know, like... Yeah, so they want good food. Healthy, healthy food. Kai, healthy kai. Healthy kai. So we do have the occasional boil-up, when we are known yeah. to have the occasional kai, kai Māori ikone. Uh, yeah. The boil-ups, uh, we've been, been on, our, on my case for some a bit of uh, venison and wild pork, and that will happen, but, you know, with the passage of time, I'm sure we can bring that to fruition. Yeah. So this has got all the health... Council requirements Absolutely and all that sort got of stuff. everything required. Yep. We just got to undertake now the the training process for our co-martyr, which they're willing to do. I mean, not bad for them. Most of them are in their 70 plus, so they're going to go through the hygiene and sanitation process of what they require to do and how to handle food in the kitchen. And um, yeah, you can see our, our dainty little tables. Our bosses come and furbish us with some lovely little tables, and they've gone out and bought the tablecloths and. It's yeah. us, yeah, pretty much. And so can you introduce me to these? Absolutely. This lady here is Auntie Tangi, Tangi Hohepa. She's cook, tangi cook number one for the week with the wiki. Ko tēnei the cooking with the wiki. Uh, ko Sarah Ra Mika Keireira uh, e Mahi Ani Kwanei with tēnei wiki. Um, so you're up for the next day or two? Uh, yes. Next day or two, there you go. And they do their pies, their muffins, it's all handmade on site, every day. Iara, Iara. We every don't, day? Every day. They are in handmade. Every day to Thursday. Yeah. And which is when it's the cafe's open? open. Yeah. And so are you sharing your whanau secret recipes? Absolutely. Yes. We have to do that, yes, so that everyone knows how to cook it in here, yes. What, what do you both think of the cafe before it started? Were you catering anyway? Uh, well, I have been and uh, very far. <laughs> but yes, I have. Yeah, yeah. And so, do you work? So you work here Monday to Thursday? Oh no, no. We have turns. Um, today our boss is away. Just doing uh, what's called for for first aid and. We left here to try and keep the boats sailing. <laughs> and Auntie Ella, she's been here with me since the beginning of time. She's been with me for over eight years. Kia Too long. <laughs> <laughs> she's having a, a bit of a muffin and Milo at the moment. A muffin and a Milo. You just finished Tai Chi, I see, eh? Yes, we did finish our Tai Chi. So that's our first session up for the week. And then we have um, our co computers. I'll take you and show you our site. Oh. So we do computers. So all our activities are done in the Whare Wairua or Meririkiriki throughout the wiki for everything. Nan Hika is one of our committee members and she's sitting down enjoying her cup of tea. You can talk to her if you like. She'll give you her view of that. Um, they've, they've, just, they've been in and out, but they're just starting. So they've travelled from one, that one there is from... Um, Linton, and the other ladies from, from uh, Fielding. So that's telling you how far the people are coming in to our little region. So it's, it's quite exciting. Yeah. It's very, very exciting. So what do you think of the Co-Mafia Co Cafe? Oh, lovely. Yep. And so what is your favourite 
You like the muffins? Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. <laughs> I do. I love like the muffins. Comafia Cafe in Palmerston North is pretty unique. They've got their own people, their own kuia, to run the kitchen to make their homemade pies, their homemade muffins, sandwiches. But then in the backyard, just behind the building, is their own marakai gardens, which provides the fresh produce. I take a tour with Lovey Hodgkinson. We've got a little bit of a native happening around there. Wow. Over here, um, so this is where the marakai is. <laughs> Starting from here, this was the first ones we put in. And we have our very own pickle pickle spot just sitting here. Oh, nice pickle pickle. Yeah, pickle pickle, and our and uh, some little more Maori growing. And we've only just put that in last year. Um, so there's little pockets of it around the the section. Um, and uh, you know we can't strip our trees out, so we have to buy it, get some more in. You know, but it's a damp area and it works well. Yeah. Is that cellar? What's what's what? What are these herbs? Do you? Know? <laughs> yeah, this is your. Um, this one here, I think, is the garlic, yeah, garlic chive, against uh, versus the ordinary chive. Um, this is your um, Italian uh, parsley, and our traditional. That stuff over there is actually what they call poor man's lettuce. This stuff here, but if I knew it grew like this, I wouldn't put it in. But poor man's lettuce. This is actually a lettuce. It's, it's actually one of those um, heirloom lettuces. Try that. So you know you can eat all that, <laughs> and it grows wild. And we pull it out and it goes back. It reminds me of miscellin, you know, yeah. the stuff you get in yeah, pickets. Yeah, it is. So we can make our own. So we, we're trying to get our Man, kind of market like, a little bit up market. first glance, it just looks like weeds. <laughs> it does. It looks like a weed, but it's not a weed, darling. It's, it's called, yeah. it's called Pullman's Lettuce. So I'm going to bag up a bit and put it in the fridge for our nanny so we mm. can use that in a salad. Yeah, Again, see when it's, and it's killing all our other plants in there. Our poor celery, you can hardly see our, our um, what do you call it, parsley. Been drowned out by that stuff. Love to do this. So, we're going to change this into our salad beds here. So, we're changing it all around a little bit. Now, I'll take you over to the main garden. Oh, I think I've seen four gardens already. Now, we've still got the main garden to go. This is very new. This is the newest part to our garden. Um, and we're just doing this one up. And this is going to supply the whole of this. So, we, I see it just being sustainable for the marae. Yeah, that's right. You know, you've got to do have some sustainability for the marae. And you can still do that. And the surplus can go to our, our clients. You know, so there's a table put out the front there. And all our surplus kai, like we had a whole lot of silver beet last week. Um, so, we, I'll just strip, strip them all, you know. Yeah. Put it out. And can hand whangai a few of the whānau. There was enough there to feed about five families out there big time. But this is our our new mata. And we are seeing over there where the garden's turned over. That's going to be where all our iwai māori go. Oh. And our kānga. Oh, and you've got the hangi pit over here yes, too. Yes, our hangi pit's in here as well. Been there, done that, you know, got the T-shirt. So, I mean, we're bringing together knowledge for this marae because it's a lot. Of, it's a very young marae, and um, so we're bringing the knowledge um, from Ngāhau Far for here. Yeah. And then putting it to, putting it to practice. So. so when you say this is a young marae, what do you mean? When by I that, say I young marae, it's been run by I think the organisation and the the, the people. The Hokainga are quite, relatively quite young, so the knowledge base from their Komatua has gone. But what we can offer from the Komatua service is that there's still a lot of us with the long in the tooth, but the knowledge is still with us. Nice. You know, and we can share that. So they're literally drawn upon to say, to give. <laughs> 
advice when it comes to establishing new things oh, here? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I started a cultural group from our our Komatua service. Uh, I really believe that we need to have some some sort of grounding here of understanding, you know, um, about keeping people culturally safe for, for everyone who comes on site. Um, and we've got a, an excellent CEO who sees the value in all of that. Down there, I have to show you, darling, that is our kamakama patch about to happen in that corner there. Oh, yes. Been, and if you have a look at our garden, you'll notice that stuff on it. We mulch here. We mulch everything. Nothing's wasted. Let's explain mulching. Mulching lovely. is putting back what we take from Papatuanuku, we put it back into Papatuanuku, and that goes back onto our area over there. So anything that comes off these gardens go back in there and our comata. This is the knowledge from our past day, and it's amazing. All our, the, the rich, the topsoil and everything, is everything that, and I can remember my father doing that. Anything that came out of the household scraps, I went straight back into you the mean garden. Com- composting, composting, yeah. composting. Yeah, awesome. awesome garden. So let's go around and, and um, just so you can explain <coughs> the other gardens that are here, please, um, lovely. Yep, certainly. So you can see that we're going to be looking in, and featuring into our, um, our different types of uh, broccoli. And so these beds will be assigned to them, and some specially, um, as, as you know, we're trying to stick to the healthy food. Um, the things that we can use Colli- in the, the cauliflowers here, well, see, we we missed this year um, because we couldn't get rid of them. You know, uh, people didn't come down here because we do have a policy that surrounds our gardens, which means we as co-martyr will tell you when they're ready. We just have to remember when I told the, the gardener he forgot these four. Oh, well, you know, OK. They need to be harvested before they get to like this. We don't like to see momokai. Mm. But we've gone into, you know, the, the, the onion, so we'll probably, and what I'm saying to them is we do the onion bed, you know, and specialise it, that each bed has something, and I think you'll notice there's 12 in here. There's yeah, there's 12, 10, 10, 10, 10 little beds. 10 beds that sit in here plus the main one. And now in the corner over there, I'm not sure which one I'm allowed to do, but one of the corners I'm going to actually do Ruruho. Uh, it's a sort of a type of a wild termit, term, um, uh is it wild turnip? Yeah, it is. It's a wild turnip. Ruduho. Ruduho, we caught it up in the far north. They've got another name down here. Um, but it's a vegetable that you can eat in a boiler through the winter months. Mm. So and it's a cousin to a cabbage? Or it's a cousin to one of the turnip family, I think. It's a cousin to that. So we're bringing those, those plants into here, the seedlings. And we've just got lots of stuff that's come out of Massey who are supporting what we do here. So, uh, you know, a year ago this was, a to- this was just a cordial. Year on, it's no longer a quarter or the yes. dream has come true for us here. Yes. So we're, we're very, very fortunate, you know. They'll wow. be maintained by Komato. Fantastic. And yeah. you, you did say that you've got a, um, a bigger main garden, so yes, yes, you're yes. talking Riwai Māori in Riwai, there. Oh, absolutely, yeah. We've got uh, Peripiru and uh, Mamoi, and I'm not too sure what else that Massey's going to give me today. I'm well, going. The, the Dr Nick Roskridge, who's oh, I've been on the yeah, yeah. Tahika before, who's yeah. the potato man, the he's a, man. He's a Riwai man, he's the man I'm seeing today. Oh, nice. Hey, yes, so Nick and I are going to have a deep and meaningful discussion <laughs> about what he's got and, and see if we can take this. And so this will be our first attempt, and if we should be, you know, successful at it, I'd imagine that whole area will go out into Riwai. So, you know, um, go, going from a dream to where it is today and in, just in a year and a bit, I think we're doing pretty cool. Yeah. Definitely, lovely. Yeah, and, you know, potentially this is all about, you know, cost-saving as well when you have to cater for functions. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Just come over here. I mean, it's the same for all marakai, but... Um, I think that yeah. the bonus for us too now is knowing that we've got a chef on site, you know, a, a qualified chef, 
and uh, he's showing us how to do what is it? The head, some uh, very fancy little uh, hand things. Oh, canopy. Showed us canapes. Canapes, darling, with venison. <laughs> so this is for the benefit of the marae or the, or the cafe? Benefit for everybody. Oh, okay. It's a win-win situation for everybody, really. Here's our garden. Uncle Mickey. Uncle Mickey. Here's On the little golf cart. On the golf cart? Yeah, yeah I've just been watering it. It's in dry. You know, it's dry air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're the gardener? Oh, part of, part of it, yeah. I'm the... Part of the, the job, yeah, yeah. But yeah. He's, he's the on-site gardener all up. He does all the gardens. Yep. Yeah. And so what's your mahi? Kaitaki. Kaitaki. Kaitaki tini marae, yeah. Aye, aye. Look after everything, the, the, the gardens, the, you know, the lawns, and I'll make it all, yeah. Keeps you keeps yeah. you fit. Yeah, aye, aye, yeah, yeah, it, um, yeah. You keep me motivated, you know. Uh, I'm getting on in, uh, you know. <laughs> you're <laughs> you're a young, younger. Yeah, you're, you're a young seventy, eh, uncle? Yeah, young, young seventies, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I help uh, Lovey there with the with the comatios, you know, five quarters and uh, pokeys oh, and, and that sort of thing. Aye. And, uh, I'll, um, he go up the Aye. Mm. So I was just showing her that Aye. there was no, you know, we, we I said to the boss, what about the fence? Well, I want a fence, keep the dogs out. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want that on there, but that's looking good. That ground's looking really oh, you, good. You need softening when, when but if we get a rotary hoe in, we should be cool. Well, because Paul is trying to fix that rotary hoe. Oh, I thought he's, they told me it was going to be fixed by today, because well, we, want, we still, want to plant by tomorrow. He's still attacking it. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's still oh, doing true. it. There's something wrong with it. But oh, true. Get, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, hi. Oh, well, I was, it's, um, it's, what's the name coming back? Um, Butch, yeah. Is oh, it coming I back? I don't know. Oh, okay. Well, is I thought it, he was going to, well, I did it. I had to water the, you know, put a lot of water on those gardens. So yeah. He was sopping okay. the dirt with, you know. Oh, get in there. Needs softening up. Yeah, Topped up with, um, some topsoil. Soft soil and yeah. manure and things like that. Yeah, no, we'll grab that in. Because it's, it's, it's dead, dead ground. Dead, 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 dead. dead. Yeah. yeah it looks like that river stuff. The river stuff yeah. is all rubbish. Yeah, no, we'll get it in. Mm. We've got a bit of compost stuff over there too. Yeah, move. compost stuff, mix it all up. And yeah, put, no, we'll yeah. get it moved over. Mm. All we need is a couple of wheelbarrows. I think the one we got over there didn't the wheel fall off. <laughs> Kia ora, Lovie Hodgkinson and the queer and kaumātua at Whakapai Hauora Charitable Trust in Palmerston North. Now to find out about what else they do, you can head to our webpage radionz.co.nz forward slash tiahika, that's T-E-A-H-I-K-A-A. Hey, and thanks for the welcome back messages on the Facebook whanuma. Always good to hear from you. And you can always email us at tiahika at radionz.co.nz. Gone are the days where museums were places where you passively walked around a glass exhibit. Now you're more likely to press a button and the exhibit talks to you. And not just in English either. If you're at Whanganui Regional Museum, thanks to Afina Tumi, it's in Te Reo Māori. And while some things have changed at museums, some haven't. You still get growlings. Growlings? Growlings. Afina Tumi, I've just entered... And there are tamariki everywhere. Mm-hmm. Is this the standard for the Whanganui Museum? You always have kids here? Um, it is, you know. It comes in, in splurges, um, but this is quite normal for a day. And what's your role here? 
Uh, I have two roles. I'm kaiwhakaako Māori, or the Māori educator, and kaitiakitaunga Māori. Now, we're standing in front of the a facade, the mahi of a, of a whare. Yep. Okay, and Te Ati Haunui Aparangi, that's the iwi here? That is the iwi here. It's also the name of the, the court that you enter into as you go down into the, uh, it's the Māori court. Ati Haunui Aparangi Māori court. The mahi have been put up here, and, and as you can see, we've got amo, which are off a whare up in Kahungunu, actually, the Poho Kahungunu, oh, uh, Porangahau. It was right. off the original whare. Um, and then this, the maihi that have been added on top are actually from Te Wai Herehere, which is the whare um, up at Koraniti. So that, the actual yes. maihi... And, and it's the, uh, I quite... I think that they're interesting anyway, apart from the fact that the huge relief um, carvings, yeah. um, they're made from maihi, which is unusual for carvings. What's the story they're depicting? Oh, that's one, unfortunately, that has been lost... Right. And um, I, I just had to have a quick look because I was thinking, <laughs> trying to remember who it was that was carved. And so that, one of the great carvers around this area was Utukumor Huya. And these have been attributed to him. You know, we don't actually know for sure. The portal since they've been brought in, uh, has been lost. But um, when you look at the, how they're quite almost 3D, um, a lot of those are manaya. And then you've got the, the surface carving in the back of them is, is substantial. And it's really, really... Uh, detailed, and that's that's quite a signature mark of his his school of um, Fakaido. And this is huge. Yeah. What sort of what sort of size are we talking? Um, I'd say the mahi lengths are possibly I'd say six meters, six meters in length. Um, and it, they they've been put up here, and although they're not from the same whare, like I said, the amoa from. Uh, te Poho Kahungunu and the other one is from Te Wai Here Here. The, the idea um, that was put to uh, the museum when they began to make the Māori Court, because this, this building here, the one that we're standing in now, is the original building. Uh, and it was built in the early 1920s. And uh, the section, as you can see down there, where our waka is, the, Te Matau Hotsuroa and our other waka. Um, it was made specifically to house the waka. Oh, right. And so that was built in the 1960s. And if you look at it, just walking in, from you know, a, a lot of people are quite taken aback by what they see. They, they, they never expected to walk into a museum and see actually a whole whare built in front of them. And that's what, how they did, the, the concept was put to them by the Komatua. So we've got our tukutuku behind there and, and our core fai fai. And if you look down into the poho of the whare, We've still got the um, Ko Fai Fai Rara. I can you know, see that. And, 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 and a lot of the popo were put up around the walls as if they were still standing in a, po- in, in, in a whare itself. And although they're from separate whare or different types of whare, because there's a few different whare um, for Kaido from different whare down there, um, that was what they wanted to portray, was that you're walking into our, our meeting house, our meeting house here at Te Atihauni Okay, so... This really does give you the sense of being in a whare just standing here. Yeah. And so let's make our way down. So what's the relationship with um, Pōrangahau? Um, those, those were actually gifted, um, the amu, and they were bought down, I think they were bought off the whānau up there by a collector who then bought them down and um, gifted them to the marae, um to the museum, oh, 
Nana Teho, Katikarawatu. He sold them to the museum. Okay, so as we're making our way down some steps into the inside of the whare, as you say, it's very much like the inside, eh? There's the tahuhu and all the heke. Yeah, and they've even gone to the um, trouble of getting some sort of cladding that looks almost like kākohu, so that when you walk in, it looks like a traditional whare tūpuna with the kākohu up on the ceiling. Um, And a lot of these were done by a group of... of, um, Komatu uh, at the time, and they did them specifically with the view of allowing Turihi and, and Pākehā the chance to see what it would be like to almost walk into a whare itself. Um, so and it was that, all done with the purpose of eventually being erected here? Yes, because when the, whare, when the wakun that was talked about being housed here... How long are we talking? Uh, in the 1960s, when they talked about uh, erecting the, the second half of the... Um, building to house the, the waka, they were trying to think of what sort of concept should we have for housing our taonga Māori. Um, I could probably take it downstairs later on, you could see a huge picture, wait one second. It's here, our interview gets momentarily derailed, as Afina talks to a schoolboy who has been hitting the pōtoko manua at the entrance to one of the galleries. Being mindful, the Poe is a representation of a person and is treated as such. So basically, he's been hitting a person. When groups of children come here in schools, do you have a coordinator with the teachers about how to behave in the complex? Uh, we generally don't have to. Um, I, I tend to talk to children as I see the need or to, to adults. The teachers are usually wonderful as soon as they see any type of behaviour. They're on it immediately. Um, but I've never really had to talk to children. You have the odd one, and, and, and I, you know, different things. Um, children will be children, I understand. Do you find that schools are respectful of tikana Māori? I think that there are some schools that do not know what tikana Māori is. But I do think that there's some common sense amongst teachers and they're respectful of things in general within the museum. So if they... There are a lot of children who do not know what tikanga Māori is. There are a lot of teachers who do not know what tikanga Māori is. They quite often will ask, and, and I think even just looking at me, quite often they get a bit cautious about doing anything. So Apparently you're I'm referencing the fact that you wear a moko kauai. Yeah and how that can be still viewed as intimidating. Yeah, so, well, some of them find it intimidating that I think they're more likely to play up if they didn't see it. I think, oh, uh oh, here's somebody who's rather staunch within her Māori tanga. So is that still a very strong underlying current here in Whanganui? So, yeah, I think with every community you're going to have um, people who are respectful of other people. It doesn't matter what your cultural background is. Um, unfortunately, we have had a lot of bad press over the years uh, for things that have happened, uh, and more to the fore since Pākai Tore, and then with our, our later mayor, um, Michael Laws. Um, it sort of brought everything rushing home. I can say as a child when I was growing up, 
being Māori wasn't a cool thing. So this is in the 1980s? Yeah, but I don't know if it was a cool thing for anybody back in the 1980s. You know, unless you were living particularly rural with just a Māori community around you. Um, most people, that was the time when we were just... They hadn't quite started up the fight. They were just getting themselves together. That being Māori is cool. So we were Māori, and we always knew we were Māori. And um, But I remember my mum talking Māori to us as, as children. And if, if we were out and about, sometimes we'd pretend we didn't understand it just because it was cooler to pretend you didn't understand them. So I remember those sorts of memories as a child. It's quite a terrible thing now, quite a shocker, and I understand how my kids feel sometimes. Um, especially, But they don't react the same as I do because I brought them up as first language speakers so um, but sometimes they wish that they'd just be able to speak English in amongst everybody else because people stare at you but I don't really care <laughs> I've gotten over that now and I've sort of gotten to the stage where I think when, when you fight a lot of fights and and you have to really excel at things to to be acknowledged for being equal then you really don't care about what other people are thinking. Yeah. And so most of the, the schools and the children are respectful because they know that they're supposed to be good around taonga, not necessarily taonga Māori, but any type of taonga, because I call everything in here taonga. Um, so they know they're supposed to be good. They know that... Um, and teachers usually drill them. That, I like that about the teachers nowadays. They usually, you, some of them you see it as they walk in, they say, oh, remember what we talked about at school? And so they behave well. And they're scared of not behaving well because that might mean that they can't go on the next trip, whatever it may be. And children don't like to miss out. Adults don't like to miss out. And that <laughs> education process that you're talking about is happening within a school with the school teachers, but there's often an education process that needs to happen within the institution itself. Yes. And with adults. Yes. So we... we, we and that's how tiered your role is? Yeah. Like, my kaitiaki taonga Māori role, it's not only... Look, I mean, like, I don't have any curator skills. So it's not so much on a curator base, but it's about looking after the Māori-ness of our institute. Um, we have a bicameral governance system. What does that mean? So that means we have, uh, we followed the Anglican church role. That model. Yes, yeah, so we've got a, a board. Uh, there's three, three boards, really. So there's the civic house, which are made up of people from amongst the community. And they can be nominated onto that house from the community. We have people who are on the Tikanga Māori house. And although that name sort of implies something different. They're representatives of the iwi that we, um, that our museum says it services. So we have a large area, and it used to be larger before because this was a, a provincial um, museum, and it was probably the next largest apart from the Dominion way back in the days, and then Auckland sort of thing. So our area now, because of the other museums coming in, goes down to Bulls, uh, goes up past Taihape Way, Ruapehu, and up to Taumaranui Way, and then we come back down uh, through Waitotara, Kaiwi, um, Waverley, sort of just bordering that way, and come down to Whanganui. So it's a really, really large area, and we have quite a number of iwi within that area. 
And so the Tikanga Māori House has representatives from those iwi. And people can be nominated onto that house from their respective iwi. Right, and then when they come together, they bring six members from each house together, because you can have up to 12 on each house, and they become the joint council, which governs the whole museum. Yeah, so we try to... We're, we're really proud of the fact that we have a bicameral system, and we, in the past have tried to do things, before I arrived, they tried to do things as much following tikanga and all that as they could, but they didn't have anyone on the ground level. The only money that were working here were either on, as a receptionist or um, the Māori educators. Have been, there's been a role here for Māori educators for a long, long time. Um, but they, apart from de dealing with schools and making sure that Porford and that run well, they didn't really have a lot of clout within... Um, institute. So the role that was brought on, and luckily we have a very proactive um, rangatira, our boss has been working here for just over oh, almost two years now actually. So the role that you do came on as a result of the bicameral... Yeah, the government, governance, and they've been wanting somebody uh, within the institute working that reports to Tikanga Māori House for a long, long time, but they didn't have any funding and didn't help when um, funding was taken away from us during Michael Law's time. Um, but then, while we had an interim uh, director in here, waiting, I, I arrived during the time of Wallace Barnacote, who was the director, and she was <laughs> wonderful, and I really, really enjoyed her as a boss. And then when they were looking for our current director now, which is Eric Dorfman, we had somebody else in here, and she, um, she, she sort of helped to promote the role. Um, I was working as a full-time educator at the time, and then with the MOE cuts, because um, we have two, two educators that are funded by um, MOE back in the day, and they're LEOTC educators, that's what they're called for short, which is learning experiences outside the classroom. So we don't go out to schools, we let children come here and have a... Children behave in a different way and learn in a whole other way when they go out of the classroom because it's not their normal environment. And just to be immersed within uh, another environment such as this where you're being, your senses are being bombarded by the, the sheer beauty that you see around you and, and, and things that make you wonder, what is that? Um, how could they use that? No, um, Oh, gee, I wonder where that's made, or the, all those sorts of questions. That's pretty, or oh, that's weird. I wonder what it is. If those questions that kids have within their heads, um, when you put them into a different environment, they behave differently. They learn better. So that's what our funded. That's what we were funded for with two positions. And then when the MOE positions got cut all around the country, we were cut back to one and a half. And then the boss at that time, Deborah, said to me, "Well, you know, uh, we, we don't want to lose you as a." full-time employer so here's what about doing this other job as well and she said to me that the board had for a long time been wanting to get somebody in so that's how I started my job and then uh, she was only here for a short while afterwards and then a new boss came and he's been really really proactive he wants to make sure that everything that we do does follow tikanga Māori that, um, that we know why we do things and that we do them respectfully and it doesn't matter what culture, and like I, I, 
I advocate for anybody's culture to be looked after. And um, later on you might see that we have a loving exhibition called Minkissi upstairs and it's uh, dealing with Taonga from Africa. Uh, and so when we talked about bringing that exhibition into the museum, my first questions were, is it, are the things that we are going to be displaying, are they allowed to be shown from an African point of view, from their culture, or is it disrespectful to have them on display? Um, is there things within that exhibition that should not sit close to other things? Just like Māori have all these different tikanga with what should be sitting close to what else or what should not, nor in tapu. Um, I expect that other cultures have things that we should be looking at. And it might not be the same things, but views and, and um, protocols that need to be followed in order to be respectful towards that culture. So you, uh, you look... You apply everything through your cultural lens as a Māori. Yes. And I also look after... So one of the things that I said when, when um, my boss said to me, write down things that you... And this I thought was great. Write down anything that you think needs to be done to make us more bicultural, to say that we do follow our governance, our dual governance system. And so I wrote a whole list, and he said, right, let's look at the list and let's see what we can do, and let's look at time frames and see what we can do in what time. So down in our Lindau Gallery, do you want to come for a walk? Yeah. Yeah. Me tira, kurata tira, kuotipia. Oh, kāri no tika tōke Okay. Okay, now at the moment we're down in the... the pohō o te whare. All right. And uh, this is this is Temata o Hotuua, uh, and it's a Wakatauma, um, a very important piece. Uh, How old are we talking? Mm, we know that it is. We know which wars it has gone into, so it is over two hundred years old. That's all I can say. And it's huge. How long is that, Afina? Ooh. And how many toa would have been in there? Apparently 70 toa sat within oh, yeah. this um, because, of, as you can appreciate, I suppose you had to have some in the middle too to, to carry on because this went down to Kāpiti right. um, to fight against Te Of course they didn't win, but they came back, you know, the waka made it back, which is a good sign. They came back alive. Um, and it, it, w- this is not our only um, waka that we have. Um, we also, the, the waka that's currently housed at Te Papa, that you'll see just as you're going into the the Māori section, it's a beautiful wakataua, is from here too. So Tere Moe um, was done as part of an exchange, I understand. And it was traded. The old days, you know, they had this thing of, you know, the the old boys trading things. (laughs) So this waka um, that we have here, the the Mato Hotsurua, sat for a long time um, undercover, and then they decided, look, let's, let's get her... By undercover, what do you mean? Uh, underneath, the, they had built a farau or a shed-type oh, yeah. uh, thing for, for te, te Mato Hoturoa, and it wasn't too far away from here. Um, and then they thought, well, they're, they're going to, to do do the waka up properly, because it was missing the rauawa, the kiato, the tauihu, and the taurapa. Um, Has that been rebuilt? Yes, yeah, so the, the hull is the original. Um, the Rauawa, which are the carved sides, they, they were commissioned um, 
to be made along with the kiato going across, the slats going across. Uh, the tauihu and the taurapa, um, the people that donated this waka, and that was uh, the hipango whanau. Um, and they've actually, they're a big name around yeah, here. Yeah, they're a big whanau around yeah, here, right? Yeah, yeah. That, like that, he, he, he heke ngā rangatahi, rangatira nei, heke ngā rangatira. Um, so one of the kuia decided to donate this waka to the museum. It wasn't... She just had it hanging around at home. You know, it's like, how many people <laughs> just got one hanging out at home? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so she donated it, but it was missing those carvings that I said. And they asked her, you know, if she could look amongst the collection to see if there was anything that was similar. Oh, yeah. And um, there wasn't anything. But So they took her around to different places and they found these ones that were at the Dominion Museum. That looks similar What's to what the she Dominion remains. Museum? Oh, Te Papa nowadays. So they found these ones at the Dominion Museum that look similar to what she remembered being on there. Okay, so the, the Rangatira here at that time um, bargained with the Dominion Museum to get the Toihu and the Taurapa. I don't know, it was stern and the, and the bow, the calf stern and bow. Um, and part of the bargain was Teremoi which is down there now. So when... So there are these exchanges that go on between museums. I mean, just last year there was... uh, Oh, recently the mokomokai that get returned from overseas museums. So there's that constant exchange going on. Yeah, but with the mokomokai, that's a total different thing. That's the thing of conscience, where people have uh, had a new awakening uh, to say that... These uh, our, our tupuna are tupuna, they were people, and they are not works of art to be shown and displayed. So it's, it's good that we've gotten to a state like that, and actually I love what um, Karangaotearoa is doing, and I was happy to spend some, fortunate enough to spend some time with them down there because we've got a repatriation thing happening here. Do you ever find yourself in conflict about how this is a recreation of a whare, but... Hapu, we have our whare. You know, that's that's our museum piece. If you if you want to describe it that way, but yeah, I personally don't have a conflict with with how it's been set up. I actually enjoy the way that it's been set up. There's been a lot of thought about this is our whare corridor, and, and everything in here can speak to you. If not in its own way, with its own voice, then there's someone here to speak about them. To you, so it's a house of learning, just like it would be your own fari tupuna. So I like the concept that they came up with. And welcome, you know, you arrive in and you receive a porphyry from the fari, and the doors are always open because there are no doors. Mm-hmm. So you're always drawn in to mm-hmm. the poho of the fari, mm-hmm, that's true. and you feel very warm. And, and some people, you know, from different cultures, they feel slightly um, they they get um, the witty witty. They don't know about our culture, and so they, some get a little bit scared. Um, but they appreciate that it's here for them to see in a safe environment. Now, what I do find conflicting sometimes is you know, how, how things were done in the old days. But what I do enjoy is that we don't do stuff like that nowadays. And we have a real good conscience. And so we're working with iwi, and that's one of my, my jobs as kaitiaki taonga Māori, is to make sure that we have relationships with iwi, hapu, whānau, and then anybody Māori uh, within the community that has needs. So you can walk in the door and ask to speak to somebody and, uh, or else you can walk in the door, see something and say, I'd like to know more about this. If I'm available, I'm oh, always yeah. going to come on down. Because we wouldn't, I mean, myself 
personally speaking, I wouldn't exactly like a stranger coming off the street, off the road, and wanting to visit my marae. No, no, no. And wanting to ask all these questions about it, and I guess this allows them to. Yeah, it, it does. It allows them to do that in a safe environment. The fact that they're already here, you know, um, some were brought here for safekeeping, some, well, we know museums, collectors sold them here. Um, and, and I'd say there's a lot of other dubious means by which things arrived here. They were traded as well, like I just said. Um, but that was pre my time, so I do the best with what I have to make sure that they're looked after. Kia ora, Afina Tumi from the Whanganui Regional Museum. We'll hear from her later on in the year. She talks about her navigational experiences on board traditional waka. Speaking of traditional waka, at the moment, Nahiraka Maitafiti and Te Aurere too are making their way across Wananui Akiwa. Now, just seen they were in Moria? They were in Moria earlier this week on uh, Wednesday. Uh, spent some time on Thursday, so having a bit of a break, a bit of a whakata. If you head to our Facebook page, there's some links there to go onto the website so you can track where those waka are going. Okay, it's a pretty big day on Wednesday, Waitangi Day, and the country is heaving with activity from Theopodi to Kaitahu and around the world, there's something going on. For many, Waitangi commemorations kicked off earlier this weekend. For instance, today was the annual Te Rao Te Raukura, Waifetu Loa Hart Wellington, that featured Shefu and our favourites, the Laughing Samoans, Ate Tala, bring us. Yeah, give us a call. <laughs> and out at uh, Hangueka Marae, Plumerton, a wānanga around Te Ao Kohatu, traditional Māori tools ended today. But whatever you do to mark Waitangi Day, use it as one of reflection eh, about your position within or outside of Aotearoa, and not just now, but generations from now as a person of this nation. Anita Alavi Hodgkinson with this week's Fakatoki. Kia haere, waimari e ana kirunga i te fai, whaia a papatuanuku, to empower people to significantly improve their well-being, to walk in the balance of Mother Earth through exercising choice and health care. Uh, ko Alavi Hodgkinson, tēnei, kia ora. What would Aotearoa look like if we ditched the Commonwealth and became a republic? Next week, Carwin Jones, law lecturer, talks to that. And what is it like to travel for months on end on board traditional waka? I have a kōrero with uh, Jack Thatcher that's coming up as well. Kina kai hoa mahi i hanga na kōrero i runga i te rorohiko, ngā mihi. Ki ngā kai kōrero i tēnei wiki, Nā mihi kia koutou. Hoki mai hei tērā rātapu, mai te whānua te ahi kā kia tātou katoa. Mauri ora.